0: for the IGDA Twin Cities Podcast. Uh, We'd like to solicit our listeners for any suggestions for topics or games. We want to know what you guys are up to. Uh, We've got plenty to talk about, of course, but we want to focus on the local as much as we can. Uh, So try to give us a buzz. Um, With that, I'd like to jump into introductions. Let's see who else we got here tonight. Who's out there?
1: Hey, this is Tori Kamal, audio guy, just back for the fourth month of podcasting. And we also have...
2: Jacqueline Yurick and uh, also back for the fourth month of podcasting. I'm not an audio guy. I'm a girl <laughs> who has a game development company.
0: <laughs> well, I'm Ryan. I'll be your host of sorts. Um, what have you guys been up to? Anything over the last month? I know I've been busy with work and not doing as much as I'd like about everything, but i want some time to play some games, to make some games. Well, you guys?
2: Yeah, it's the same. It's been pretty busy, but... Um, there's always always time yeah. if you make it for some games and making games, as you said.
0: you ever feel like the uh, games rob you of your free time? Like all of a sudden the evening is gone? I mean, granted, it was filled with bliss or whatever, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's well, research, I mean... man. Research.
0: Yes, research. Good point. Tax Very,
2: rights. Very important research.
0: I'm, of course, talking about Portal 2. I got that. Which
2: literally is research. I mean, playing Portal 2 is like playing for science. So, there you go.
0: Totally saves science.
2: Yes. It's important to save science.
1: Well, what are your guys' takes on it? Because I, unfortunately, have not actually been able to get myself a copy and play it, so I will glean whatever pearls of wisdom I can from you guys.
0: Well, uh, Jackie, I know you played it. You played it on PC? I through,
2: Played on PC, yeah. Through Steam. Through Steam.
0: Did you download it like opening night or whatever?
2: Yeah, I um, know, yeah, I preloaded it. So as soon as it was unlocked, oh. um, I played it a little bit that evening. So it was a Monday, Monday night, and uh, then went to bed. And then actually, uh, the thing about Portal versus like a game like um, Dragon Age or Mass Effect for me is like I can actually put it down and go away for many hours and. Not really worry about picking up where I left off, so I was able to to do that. So I didn't play, finish the game until the like Tuesday, late Tuesday night. I finished it, the single player that is.
0: Okay, yeah, um, I ordered it from Amazon, paid an extra ninety nine cents to have it delivered uh, release day, which actually worked out really well. I was surprised; I didn't think it'd happen. And then uh, played it that night. Me and Zach uh, got together, played about half the co-op that night and finished it off the next.
2: Cool. Yeah. The co-op I, I thought was probably the best part of it. Um, it, it was fun without, it wasn't, I mean some of the puzzles were kind of challenging, but, um, but nothing so challenging that, you know, two people were completely stumped and I liked how, you could grief your co-op partner if you wanted to, but you were incentivized to to not
0: oh,
2: <laughs> and, the, and the and the emotes and things like that the gestures that the the bots did were really cute and uh and like how frustrated Gladys would get when you did well, it was kind of funny so i uh <laughs> like. <laughs> he would purposely die and like how she'd berate you about that like it was pretty it was well done i was impressed so i mean i you expect something high quality from valve and they certainly delivered on that so
0: yeah yeah that's the multiplayer was amazing that's pretty cool yeah there was one challenge towards the end that, that stumped us pretty good but it was awesome when we figured it out We're like, no way you jump and i'll jump and it was pretty cool Good
2: yeah I really like the gels too. I thought the gels um, added a really fun dimension to things um, for sure.
0: Tori, do you know anything about the gels? Should we explain them? What are the gels? I was really actually to start that I was really I had heard about them and I was really concerned that they would be kind of a game gimmick kind of stupid or whatever but they were used really well so the the, the game has not immediately, but uh, at one point, you'll come across three different types of liquids that you can use kind of to spread across the level. One is blue and bouncy. It's basically flubber. Mm-hmm. Uh, orange, which is like speed, makes you run real fast. And then white, which is portal conductive. So you can, if you can get that white onto a flat surface, it will then hold a portal unlike maybe otherwise. But they did an amazing job with those, those liquids. From a gameplay standpoint, I thought.
2: And even from like a, a narrative standpoint, like because basically you end up going, you know, back in time. And so like all those gels and things. And I don't know if you saw the picture of the original portal gun that's in there. But um, that was actually really funny. It's like this giant backpack that's like on this like person. And it. I thought they did a really good job um, telling the story. Of aperture science and and how Glados came to be and all of that stuff was it was really well done. I was impressed.
0: So do you have any complaints about it?
2: I really don't. I don't have any complaints about Portal at all.
0: I wonder how different it is on the PC because the the Xbox has like loading screens a lot, and uh, that's sort of a pain. It's kind of a little too much, I think.
2: Well, there's loading screens between, you know, the different test chambers, but, I mean, I think just in general, like loading things on the Xbox is just way slower. I mean, it's just way slower because it just is.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's gonna be, but I
2: yeah, that would be
0: my probably, if I had to complain about something, it'd be that. I know some people have been saying that they weren't really into it. I guess like they just weren't compelled to, to do. They they were kind of like it was too long. I don't know. And In my opinion, I. That was too short. <laughs> yeah, I to go back and do it again. That's it's it's a problem with a game like that is that there is no going back to it. You know why? Well, I, I mean, there is, of course, but um, it's not as immediate. It's not as gratifying. Right. So I did a couple of the levels again, and I'm like, oh yeah, now I remember how I solved this. And then it's just sort of a repetition thing. It's not a you know discover it again for the first time.
2: Well, what was fun was going back through and then listening to the developer commentary as you play. Like, so the second time. I played, I didn't play all the way through, I played like through almost all of it, listening to the developer commentary, the single player, and um, that was actually really interesting, so that probably added to my 20 hours of gameplay there.
0: Yeah, that's i like to do yet. But my, uh, I played a little bit on Sunday and my eight-year-old saw me playing, so he had to try. It's really interesting actually watching him try. Because you can see his little eight-year-old brain working on these puzzles. He's like, I don't get it, Dad. What are you supposed to do? And I'm like, look around. Think about it. Thing, he's like, oh, my gosh. He's jumping from the ceiling into a hole in the floor. And he's like, this is so cool.
2: <laughs> right.
0: I got home from work today. And he's like, I know how to kill one of those red laser things. <laughs> like, you put a portal behind him. And then you grab them, And then you drop them, And then they turn sideways. And then they get all angry. And then they say, Shut down. <laughs> Cool
2: super cute
0: <laughs> so once he gets a little bit more into it I'll probably play some of the uh, multiplayer with him oh yeah did you play any oh you of course not I played uh, I played co-op with Zach and then I had a friend over the next night and we played through a, a number of the uh, co-op levels split screen on the Xbox too that worked really well as well
2: yeah I played um, through Steam um, with another PC player friend of mine we played through all the, the co-op that was fun. We didn't actually have voice chat. So uh, like the, but it's actually really effective. Like the little gestures you can do to point to things and stuff um, works pretty well. You don't really even need voice chat. So.
0: Yeah, you just sort of trigger a uh, look at this point kind of thing.
2: Yeah. You can, well, and you can say to do what to do and there's like a countdown timer cause there's a few of those co-op things where you have to time it. Right. And so, um, this, the little countdown timer gesture that does like three, two, one, go, um, we just fine.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And also not being able to voice chat would be good for the, uh, griefing a little bit too.
2: <laughs> right. Well, and then there's like, you know, inadvertent griefing, like, you know, there's different places where you can like, oops, I didn't mean to remove that bridge from out from under you or squish you with that. Crusher, or <laughs>
0: I thought that was actually the multiplayer is really good that way. That if you die, you just kind of get your just come back new as a new robot. I thought that right.
2: Was yeah, yeah. You don't actually have
0: to reload or restart or anything. I thought that was good. Yeah. Well, that's probably enough about Portal Two. It's a good game. <laughs> um, it's almost too bad it is over. I hope that they do something smart with the uh, with like DLC or something like that. But I'm not sure. I know I could do it. Yeah.
2: More. I would be happy to see some new maps for sure. I mean, they do have that like robot enrichment thing where you can buy little tchotchkes for your bots. But I mean, if you're not, if you're only going to play through co-op once, I mean, no reason to deck out your bot. Although I am confused because it looks like there's different difficulties to the co-op maps like that you can change.
0: Oh, no way. I was, I was going to actually just ask that because the first portal had, um, you know, normal and difficult or whatever for its, its levels. And I played through both. They were awesome, uh, changes to the, you know, levels to make them harder. Yeah. And I, and I don't, I don't think that that's the case in portal two. I'm not exactly. It's
2: like when you first start, you know, in the co-op mode, when there's like one, two, three, four, five, the different sections, testing areas, it, when you first walk into the testing area, there's like a little wall there with a button that lets you turn it from one to six. And I don't know if we ended up playing on the hardest level or the easiest level. I honestly have no idea. like, Because it wasn't completely obvious to me like, what that meant.
0: Well, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't crank up to 11, so... <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the, thing in the in the next DLC pack. Right. All right. Well, have you been playing anything else?
2: Me or Tori?
0: Either of you. Any other games or projects you've been working on?
1: Well, I haven't been able uh, to play much lately, but still trying to beat Fallout New Vegas. Just keep nursing away at it. It's a long game. I'm trying to hit every location, so it's uh, it's taken me a while. But other than that, I've been really busy, just doing as much voice acting as I can do. And uh, yeah. How about you, Jackie?
2: Well, um, the other so there's a a a company called Silicon sisters interactive and they're a woman owned company based out of, I want to say Vancouver, but don't quote me on that. But they, uh, they released their first game. I think it was last Thursday called school 26. That's like targeted towards tweens on the iPhone. And it was really interesting. I, uh, so I downloaded it, and I played it, and it made me really glad that I wasn't in high school. If <laughs> 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 anything. Um, but the premise of the game is, like, your parents are these crazy hippies that have, like, moved around for, like, your whole childhood. And so you've been to, like, 25 schools at this point, and you're in high school at the now. And you have, like, this year of high school to to, um, convince your parents to stay. So you have to make friends with this like group of people. And, um, that's really interesting. There's like this little card game mechanic, um, that I didn't get right away. And like this kind of tie into Facebook, um, quizzes thing that you can do that I thought was a really interesting way to add like a social mechanic to it. So the only problem with it is you can't really read play it cuz then you know you already know how it's going to end so to speak so um a... and I, and I haven't, I haven't noticed that like befriending different people um makes a difference so
0: it sounds like a dating sim almost
2: yeah except you don't actually date anybody that's the thing it's actually what, one of the things that's interesting about it there's like four 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 or five girls that you can be friends with and there's like three guys and um you don't actually date any of the guys <laughs> so um I that's can wait for that <laughs> yeah two of the, one of the guys is like in love with this other girl and like another one of the girls is in love with the other guy and then one of the guys turns out to not even like girls so it uh and i don't think that's spoilering anything but like <laughs> are we
0: talking about glee or are we talking about yeah <laughs> <This
2: game? laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's like targeted towards, towards tweens. So, um, yeah. So I played through that. I thought that was a really good, I mean, for first game, I thought it was really well done. And, um, other than that, that, or what, go ahead.
0: Was it on Steam or?
2: No, it's an iPhone game. Oh, it's iPhone. Okay. Yeah. And I believe it's also on Android as well. But, um, other than that, um, we're still working on our alpha. We've got, an executable at this point, so that's good.
0: Ooh, <laughs> cool, very cool. Do you have a game, a game name yet?
2: And uh, we haven't announced it, so I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> and um, game one. Game one, yeah. <laughs> it's like Game Dev Story. It's like game number one. <laughs> I t- I played through Game Dev Story like three times before I realized you could actually change the name of the game when you ship it. <laughs>
0: You know, I I played through it once and then realized it at the end. Played through it again, and all my in- games ended up becoming called like Ninja Shooter and <laughs> Historical Boating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you can do historical and you can do boating sims. So I did Historical Boating.
2: I like I I have a lot of pirate adventures. Those seem to sell really well. <laughs>
0: pirate shooter. Yeah, I did pirate shooter.
2: <laughs> I, I did an animal, I did an animal shooter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. You're like, uh, three's and
2: I, and I maxed out the cuteness on
0: it. <laughs> oh. oh, of course you have to. Right. Have no
2: and then my designer got really pissy. was like, she's like, well, I guess it's a job. <laughs> <In the crap. laughs> So I don't know. I guess my team wasn't really motivated by that, but it was learning Um, real life. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so we're in the middle of building our alpha and, uh, we're hiring a social media intern right now. So we're interviewing some people and, um, that's what's going on really.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Our, uh, our project, uh, me and battery powered games, uh, I guess it's, currently titled project seven um but we settled on a on a theme and game title i guess of some sort with one with uh did i did i talk about this at all called calling it the bleeps no where it's like uh yeah i woke up one morning with after talking with our designer about like what possible themes could be and the theme that i woke up with was like the smurfs where everything is smurf horrific fantastic except it's bleeps so they're cute little bleep characters that just say you know, it's a bleeping great day. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's it's one, one You know, it's a sort of lame joke, but maybe it'll maybe it'll carry. Um, other than that, a uh, project I worked on with Rob was released in the market. Actually, it's called. They named it. Um, we worked with this company called uh, Haptify. I think the name of the company. Is. I should look that up quick. But um, they named the game Enzo's Pinball. The, the idea of the game, the company that, that released it, um, Haptify, yep, is uh, they're kind of their, I don't want to say gimmick, but they're sort of like technology is, is haptics. And you know what haptics are? It's like the, the uh, feeling feedback. Right. Um, and so what they did is they used this game as uh, sort of like tactile or textures so if a ball rolls over a metal plate, for instance, the phone will shake a little bit. Oh, and if it hits the wall, it'll, you know, clink. And, um, you know, if, if it works or not, I'm, I'm not sure. I know that certain phones are much better suited for it. Like the, the Galaxy series by Samsung apparently has more capability than, say, my, my G2. But anyway, regardless, the phone shakes in your hand when you play. And, cool. Um, cool. Yep. So we did, I did the art on it. I think the art and the level design, actually. Um, and then Rob did the physics engine and um, all the other programming. But it's out there now. You can go buy it. It's sitting at three and a half star review, which I, I hate to say is sort of appropriate for it, for the price. But, mm. gotcha. you know, it's not a stellar pinball game, but it's not horrible either. Looks good.
2: <laughs> Way to sell it. Yeah, <laughs> well, I... <laughs>
0: You know, all I did was, uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I debated how to, like, really put it out there. But um, three and a half stars, I think, is fair. Buy it because I was involved and I don't get any of the money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the sales pitch got even better. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. better over time.
2: Yeah, you might want to work on that one.
1: Like, buy it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it <was> a, <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I mean, this was... um, We originally had worked really hard at the end of the year because they wanted to go to uh GDC was GDC at the end of the year what was in like December or January early January there was some show I can't remember what but they were gonna
2: dice dice was well in February I think but um I don't recall a conference being at the very beginning of the year
0: um maybe it was GDC eh, it doesn't really matter um but they had hoped to they had planned to release oh
2: maybe was it like IndieCade or something
0: Oh, I could go back to my notes. I don't think it really matters. I mean, the objective was to, to release it and have people try it um, at the show. And that didn't happen, which is fine. You know, it's theirs or whatever. But it, uh, it was a lot of fun. We were contracted. So Rob was contracted. Then he contracted me to do art. And me and um, my friend, um, Bill, who helped with the logo for the IGDA Twin Cities. Oh, yeah. uh, he drew the city and everything. He, uh, he helped with the art, too, so I did design, and, and he then sketched up ideas to those designs, such as, because it's got three levels. It's got clockworks, which is sort of like the inside of a clock, steam power, which is kind of steampunk, and they called it turntable DJ, but it's kind of that Ron look, kind of like um, iPhone clean plastic. Okay, sure. And um, so he, he sketched up some designs, and then I built them in 3D, and then he helped paint them. Turned out real well. It was a lot of fun to work on it. We were uh, contracted hourly and and um, their whole objective in the game is to is to sell the technology, not necessarily make money on that on the app. So hmm. So it's $1.49 dollar forty nine in the app store right now.
1: Oh, very cool, very cool.
0: And if you want to see it, you know, hit me up at the meeting and I'll pull it out and you can try it.
2: You should put a link to it in the oh,
1: good idea, good idea
0: not sure why they called it Enzo's Pinball, though. I don't know the story behind that. wish I did, but I have no idea. <laughs> a thing, a thing I'm not aware of.
2: <laughs> it's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, because the picture is just some, like, kind of angry-looking guy. <laughs> Looks like he's a mob guy. <laughs> you, you wouldn't want to go to his pinball arcade to play pinball. It's sort of the vibe you get out of it. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Bye, my game.
1: So, should yeah. we talk about the last meeting, the last IGDA meeting?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I missed it. Yeah, thanks uh, to the both of you for stepping up and recording it for me and for everybody else that actually missed it or watches it online. So, I appreciate that. The video was uh, I got it output and published this morning. So, yeah, thanks for doing that. Out there
2: for yeah, thanks for doing that. Nice job with the slides and the and the yeah. videos too. Actually.
0: Yeah, Dam- good. Damien replied, uh, sorry about my bright spring shirt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was, it yeah. was festive. It
0: was festive.
2: Yeah, well, he was celebrating spring. Like, I did ask him about it that day, and he's like, it's spring. And I'm like, well, it's an appropriate shirt for that.
1: And, like, and going on a trip, too, right? Wasn't he? Yep. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, he was heading out to San Francisco, I think, for work. I, oh, okay. so. Yeah, so that was the other thing that was really awesome. Like he could have cancelled on us, but he, he decided to take a late flight out so he could help us out. So that was very cool of him.
0: Yeah, I really like his attitude. he has got positive vibes screaming out of him pretty good. He does. That's awesome, yeah.
1: So, so I can yeah, probably please. talk about this this thing like forever because you know, I kinda I kinda like audio a little bit. But I'll try just to a little. It, yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. But I'll I'll try to keep it limited. But, um, you know, there, there's a couple things that are re- really interesting I found. He did this sort of compilation of footstep sounds and how they've evolved over time. And it was interesting to see the very early stuff, just kind of little blips and stuff. Like, if you didn't have a vi- visual reference to go along with it, there's no way you'd think it was a footstep. Like, right. Uh, you know, like... Or... And... uh I don't know, I just found that kind of fascinating. The stuff that we accepted with the really early technology of games.
0: He actually put together a good little uh, a video of, yeah. of like classic sounds from anything from Donkey Kong to uh, Dig Dug and, and Popeye. <laughs> it yeah. It? <laughs> he started it out with E.T., which I thought was, was awesome. The first game he puts on the, uh, on the thing is E.T. And the footstep sounds out of E.T. So something yeah. else. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead.
2: Oh, well, no, you can go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say something else I found pretty fascinating was, um, and this just may be kind of audio geekiness, but the different ways that different games recorded the sound. Um, for example, some of them recorded it really close to the you know the feet. They felt you'd get the most realistic sound effect by, if you're doing a footstep, recording close to the feet. Whereas in Mirror's Edge, they actually recorded uh, sort of up by your in your, in your ears in a sense so it sounded like it was traveling to your ears so there's this kind of two different philosophies of how sound should sound real so mm-hmm. it's kind of twisting my brain a little bit but it made a lot of sense and it it's really interesting to investigate that
0: yeah that's really interesting well the, like um in in the programming i've done for sounds and stuff you usually have to put the sound in a space as mm-hmm. well so yeah how would you do that? So in the case of like, um, you know, I can understand recording the footstep, right? And then you put, when you put that sound in the world, you put it at the footstep so that sort of your ear is at the, the ear hole level. So the sound has to travel that far in your physical environment of sound right. in order to hear it. Whereas like mirror's edge where they record it from your ear, where are they emitting that sound from then? Or is it just sort of played?
1: Uh, you know, that's a good question. I haven't played it. Um, but since it is first person, they, they probably um, certainly tweaked it a little bit. But even just where you record it will have an effect, even when you play it back, regardless of what what the source is in the game, it'll still sound a little bit different. But no, that's a good question on, on how they did that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I've always found it uh, really interesting, just the, the the audio side of things, where like... um if you fall into water, how the sound changes, you know, they're changing the the actual sound that you hear. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. I don't know. One of the things that I thought was the most interesting to me um, when he was talking about how like, you know, the sound can actually point out flaws in the game itself. Like when he was going through that part about dragon age and the companions and how like you, you know, because there's, you know, the the sound is attached to you know what they're wearing and the footstep in in addition so like if you've got somebody following you with with mail on you can hear them clanking you know to catch up behind you like as you're moving you know so they pause and then they run and catch up and they pause and they run and catch up and um I never really thought about it until he pointed that out and I was like because Dragon Age isn't the only game where I've noticed that 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 happens but it was you know now that he pointed that out it was like really obvious to me like and it it wouldn't have occurred to me that that was actually a problem with the way the game was designed you know
1: Um, the following distance of the ai or whatever
2: right yeah that it was an ai problem so i thought that was really fascinating um how it because they had spent so much time you know, with the sounds in that game, right? So they they'd gone through all the trouble to give a uh, a companion and to give your armor, like if you you know, like if you're wearing cloth or leather or, or metal, like you would have a, a sound when you walked and to and so were all your companions. So that was really really interesting. Even your dog has like mm. doggy footsteps, you know. So yeah. That, that made me really think about that. I never really thought about that before until
0: then. <laughs> Leave it to an audio guy to point it out, too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. I also loved when he had like everybody equipped and just like plate mail, and it's just this huge clomping around that you heard in Dragon. Right.
2: It's just this like, cacophony of like. Yeah.
1: You are never <laughs> sneaking up on an enemy ever if you've got those people wandering around with you. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, that, and that's such an interesting balance, too. Um, between trying, you know, going for realism and cool sound effects and not being annoying because, you know, I mean, it, literally if you're going to make something completely, completely real, there's going to be some real annoyance in there. So you have to sort of make a hybrid of, of reality and like ear fatigue, uh, or find a balance between them so that yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's, it's there for every medium, but as an audio guy, that's certainly interesting to take a look at.
0: The fact that it's it's also, you know, artificial makes it mm-hmm. stand out even more. So mm-hmm. even though, like, like, for instance, I have a pair of shoes where the left shoe has, like, a little bit of a flop noise to it. Yeah. And every once in a while I notice, but 99% of the time I don't. But yeah. when I do notice, I can't stop noticing that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But I know if it was in a video game, like, I would just always notice yeah. it.
1: So, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the meeting, and I, I actually... I've got a whole bunch of stuff I could just keep going on because... <laughs> I, has, I find this interesting, but... Um, he's
0: got his presentation perfectly timed to his battery life of his laptop. laptop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was actually really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was...
0: A, too, you know, there was only like uh, 10 seconds left on that clip there, and I had an editing decision either to continue on with the clip, even though his laptop died, or to cut it short. I decided to keep it real and cut it short. <laughs> that uh, What if Mario had real audio sounds to it?
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was hilarious.
0: Yeah, chuckles from the audience are pretty good. (laughs) Mario gets a lot of love for the, uh, in the remake kind of categories like that. It's very fitting to put, but if it had better audio. But his presentation was good. It's nice to see somebody so into something that can kind of explain things well.
2: Yeah, it's really easy to follow. Like, even if you weren't a super audio geek, like, you you know, you, you left with takeaways. And so that was really awesome.
0: Yeah, I actually just, um, being the editor for the video, he gave me links to his his videos to cut in there, and I was just sitting there, you know, like there's a four-minute video of just people walking, and I'm just watching, I'm just sort of like entranced by and listening, which is normally something I wouldn't, you know, think that I would do, but it's very interesting once described in some sort of context and then I actually pay attention, which he did very well.
2: Right. So what... With- what do you got for us next month, Ryan? Like, what's what's going on? It sounds, it sounds exciting.
0: Yeah, I suppose. Uh, announcement's coming soon. I'll pump it out. Um, it's actually me. I'm presenting, and it's a field trip. Um, I don't know if I've talked much about my day job, but um, I'm a modeling and simulation engineer, which uh, most people aren't quite sure what that means. But uh, I specialize kind of in, like, graphics, animation, and um, scripting, 3D modeling. That's kind of my wheelhouse, I guess. And um, we have a number of labs where I work where we do a bunch of different stuff for modeling and simulation for um, weapon systems, actually. I work at BAE Systems, and we're a uh, defense contractor. So we do, like, the Bradley fighting vehicle, for instance, um, a number of other systems, like the... Um, the big naval gun. We do uh, missile launcher, launching systems, you know, like a Tomahawk is launched. We make the launching systems for those, stuff like that. And we're an extremely large company, but I'm lucky, I guess, to be a part of, for 10 years now, the modeling and simulation group there. And cool.
2: How many people work in Minnesota for that company?
0: Oh, I think there's around 800 in total, like 600 engineers there at the moment. Oh, wow. That's, That's huge. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty big. The The plant's been around since the 40s, and um, it was it was like a, um, a pump factory in the 40s, and the wars happened, and it ramped up, and they actually made tons, literally tons of naval guns um, came out of that plant that went to the war efforts in the 40s. And since then, it's been under a number of different names, but um, they've, they've done naval gun systems. And that's primarily what I've done there. It's uh, naval gun simulation. So what a so what
2: are you, you going to be showing us?
0: Well, we've got three labs, which uh, sort of cover a bunch of different stuff. Um, we've, we've been involved in a lot of projects, but um, I suppose just step through. We've got a room, it's, it's called the Virtual Integration Center, um, named after... Grace Hopper, which, if anybody knows, she's a famous woman. Um, she coined the term bug hmm. for, mm-hmm. for computer programming because she found a bug in Relay 7 or something one morning and taped it into her notebook. And she also has a, one of my favorite quotes is, it's better to ask forgiveness than to ask permission. Oh.
2: Yes, I live by that.
0: <laughs> we named the room after her, which is, is, is awesome. Um, but this room has a very very large curved screen in it it's eight foot tall by 23 feet long four projectors it's just sort of impressive in in a certain way Um, it's it's pretty neat in in what it does Um, and so we'll have a we're just going to run the sort of normal demo that we do in there uh, weapons of mass destruction naval gun simulation and operational virtual prototype thing in there give a taste of kind of what we do with demos there. We have another, an older room called the Virtual Integration Lab. It's got two serious games sitting in it. One of them is an infantry fighting vehicle where you drive around in a battle space environment and somebody runs the driver's uh, gunner and commander of that and bad guys come out and shoot at you. And you're supposed to coordinate and kind of learn about the system essentially. So it was designed for a trade show uh demonstrator to illustrate how that vehicle might function from commander to gunner to driver and then one that i was involved in and why i was actually out in dc at the beginning of the month is a self-defense demonstration so we'll we'll get some of you to drive uh, small threat boats against a large u.s uh, weapon uh, battleship sort of thing and see how close you can get and we'll shoot at you.
1: <laughs> actually that sounds of, really cool.
0: Yeah, it's pretty neat. And then um, one one other area I know Zach is pretty interested in, and I wish we had a larger project to work on this stuff, because it's pretty neat, but it's active, immerzu, uh, active immersion simulation. And it's... Um, it, we, we call it mixed reality, and um, we like to use the term augmented virtuality, which... Nobody really knows, but it's sort of like a combination of um, augmented reality and virtual reality. Augmented reality being where you have, like, video and you overlay information on it. And virtual reality being, like, where you're literally in a virtual environment. um, Like, the headsetted stuff. And so we're kind of doing a meld of both of those things, where there's you in a virtual room with real stuff walking around in a real space. Um, It'll be more clear once, once you're there. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. So that's, that's the tours that I've devised, I guess. Not necessarily devised, but I had just wanted to bring a couple laptops to the nerdery, and my boss said, why don't you bring them all over?
1: Oh, that's and, really cool. That's really cool.
0: So hopefully, Totally. This. Yeah, it should be neat. I think it'll be more of a just um, quick little presentation and then let's go play kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, ask questions if you got them, kind of. Because it's really hard to go from, uh, you know, one room that's really built for presentations and then, to some other uh, more spatially cramped rooms and, and do uh, an organized presentation but it's also fun to show off so there you go that's what's happening May 11th and I'll put out the uh, announcement here soon we're trying not to crowd the announcements since that everything's kind of coming together right now so that's two weeks out as of recording
2: I need some, I need some interlude music right here something like that
1: get some music from the elevator and in a
2: mass effect oh yeah
0: so in portal 2 when it deployed smooth jazz did you stand there and wait for it Yes. i just stood there and listened and i and i realized after like a minute that i hadn't moved but i was just sitting there listening
2: so even though we already talked about portal the game um one of the things that i found really fascinating was the marketing around portal 2 before prior to launch and the um alternate reality game the glados at home that involved like 10 indie developers on steam so um they called it the potato sack, which at the time, you know, because I hadn't played the game. So I didn't understand the significance of the potato. Although it kept making me think of Devo. I don't know (laughs) if you guys are Devo fans, but like, like every Devo song ever like was now in my head because of the potato sack. So, um, (laughs) I did actually buy the potato sack. It was like 34 bucks or whatever on steam and I already, had audio surf. So I gifted it to somebody on Twitter and um, who now has audio surf. (laughs) And uh, it was actually really fun because there are a lot of games that I wouldn't have normally purchased and um, a few that I didn't know existed. So it was actually really neat. And then the, how they integrated. um, So the day I bought the games, the portal Two content wasn't actually in the games yet. So I was really surprised when I loaded up audio surf, like the next day, because I'd forgotten how much I'd really liked audio surf. Mm. <laughs> and then, um, I loaded it up and all of a sudden, like GLaDOS, like hijacks my gameplay and makes me play through this portal song. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so then, <laughs> and not only that, but she like insulted my music on top of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just like you must have had good taste in music a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) and then she makes me play through her level um and that was that was kind of so then i started looking through some of the other um games to see what they had done and it was actually really interesting and then i read about it later and found out that the developers um you know, uh, Gabe Newell, like, brought this group of developers in to Valve and said, hey, you guys kind of pretty much have free reign to create a level that's, like, related to, you know, Portal 2. And, um, yeah, and so the whole premise of the the ARG was to uh, reboot GLaDOS earlier, which would, in theory mean that portal would release early and I don't think it really did. I mean, it's still basically released on Tuesday, but it was like pretty much right at midnight. So, Mm. um, yeah, that was, I thought that was really fun. And I thought that was a really nice way to, um, give some exposure, you know, like cross promote games, like especially indie games from, you know, a larger studio. And, um, I hope that some other, studios like AAA studios look at that and see what they can do to 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 do that for indie developers so it's it's like using transmedia but where transmedia is all games you know so it's really really fascinating and uh I really really enjoyed that
0: yeah I'll I'll give a uh, applause to that like that approach that's cool and fun too I mean it seems like it's just fun no there
2: could be
1: one additional thing about that is if you're trying out these indie games and it's cool that they have portal content so you're you know if it's a game you don't think you're really into you might try it just for the portal content and then actually end up playing it through because you're like oh this is cool and just go beyond the portal content in the game i think that's a really great way about of doing that
2: yeah for sure and i mean it was like um you know for audio it's it, some of these games had been out for a while right like so you know um the ah uh, game <laughs> it had, yeah. had been out <laughs> reckless disregard for gravity i think it, it had been out for a long time and audio surf had been out i mean i remember when that game first came out i was really excited that was like one of the first indie games i ever bought actually um because it, it was just the coolest idea ever i'm a huge music nerd so like to be able to surf my music was really awesome and i played the hell out of that and then i just kind of forgot about it so it was nice to Revisit it, and then I played the hell out of it again, (laughs) like while I was waiting for Steam or waiting for Portal to unlock. So, (laughs) and Rush turned out to be a really fun game, you know. Like the it's just some easy little puzzles, but they had a they had one with like companion cubes in it, and that was pretty cool. So
0: cool, yeah, I like that. I like Valve impresses me in a lot of ways, like the whole Portal story, you know, where those uh, developers came from and stuff it's good assuming you know the story
2: yeah and then there were, uh, the other thing that was cool about the arc too is there's like a lot of different little easter eggs in the game that referred to like different things in the arc and i didn't i didn't unlock like all of the potato things but um and like like four or five of them and then a friend of mine linked me like like the 30 some possible unlock things. I guess you actually got a free thing of Portal if you unlocked all of them. So, but cool. it required you to do a lot of playing. And there were like, there were things that you had to do in the games that weren't actually related to the levels um, that the developers had put in. There were like these other tasks you had to do. So it's kind of interesting. And uh, yeah, I just, um, super impressed by that. It, it, it's, it's one of those stories that I think uh, people outside of the game industry who do like interactive marketing could really learn from mm-hmm. because it's not just like, it's not just like, you know, you're competing with your competition and you can't involve them in any way. So when you do your transmedia stuff, you have to do it in different channels. But really, like, you know, Valve did it all in one channel, right? Like, it's all video games. I mean, granted, there's bit billboards and a lot of other marketing that they did for the game. But this particular ARG like, is all pretty much in one channel, so to speak, right? One one vertical, anyways. And so that's really fascinating. Um, and I think if other, other products could figure out how to cross-promote within their own vertical, that could be a pretty powerful story. Yeah.
0: Portal's so well set up for that, though, with its sort of you know AI character Glados being you know cruel and funny in that playful way. You know, it's just so perfect for for that to really work. Like your example of the audio surf thing is just you know, it it's something to talk about. It's it's funny. It's,
2: right. They, yeah.
0: They well played on their part, I'll say. You know, and it's good for the indie developers too. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, one thing should announce quick, I know it's too late for anybody listening probably, but um, the monthly sort of social event we're trying on the side has been announced for 20, Um Is that going to be kind of a normal thing? You think it'll be like two weeks after the um, presentation week kind of thing?
2: Yeah, so you want to do it on the bi-weeks between meetings. So, there's basically an IGDA event every other week. Um, one, so Bo is going to be doing um, some more social media stuff for us. And one of the things I would like him to do is poll people to find out where in the Twin Cities they actually are working or living. So, we can maybe put those meeting or put those um, happy hours where their people are most dense, so they don't have to go all the way across town. Yeah, that's good. Um, so expect to see that on Facebook and Twitter, et cetera. And you know, if you're interested in going to happy hours, but you haven't been able to because they're all across town, um, I would urge you to participate because that helps us help us help you. <laughs> right.
0: Oh, and uh, speaking of which, I reserved a room at Psycho Susie's after the May meeting
2: super yeah. excited about that by the way yeah we need to go there I'm going to go for through cocktails <laughs> and <laughs> awesome
0: um, so other than that um, thanks everybody for listening you can obviously find us on our home uh, on the internets at IGDATC.org uh, Facebook and Twitter as we just talked about not too hard to find us out there but mostly and importantly, we'd love to hear from you, uh, especially comments or questions, uh, suggestions for content, or if you got something you've been working on, releasing, game release, that sort of thing. Let us know and we can talk about it or spread the word or help you yeah. out, um, et cetera. Totally. Call that a wrap.
1: Yeah, well, good evening, folks. Thanks for listening.
2: Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: (laughs) Okay episode. Episode four in your face. Like, yeah.
0: In your ear holes. In your ear holes. (laughs)